What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to News Made Simple. This is News Made Simple for April 28th, 2022. I almost wrote down 2000 or 2030, uh, like earlier when I was making notes. I'm just, our minds so on the great reset and everything. So it's like, oh, it's 2030 already. I'm like, shit, no, it's not. Um, but anyways, uh, welcome in, everybody. And we have myself, Kortusik. We have Phil Gibson Guitar. And we have Luke Mikic. Uh, before we get into anything, I want to mention our sponsor, the Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet. Definitely check it out. And we'll talk about that more later. But then also, uh, Mo- Movies Plus has the great reset and the rise of Bitcoin on there. So go down and download the Movies Plus app. Um, now, before we really get into the news, uh, in, in Luke's uh, Aussie uh, terms, I have to take the piss out of them. Um, uh, so Luke is a very fit and, and he's very, he's in good shape. He takes care of his body. Um, definitely not, but uh, where are you going with this I just, rabbit hole? Oh yeah. Yeah. You have no idea. Um, so Phil, I was, I was, uh, going through the expenses for, for, uh, our trip to Miami and Luke consumed $150 worth of candy in the hotel room. <laughs> Luke. Holy shit! Well, that's just because that's just because whenever you lift the little bag of M and M's or whatever they give you, they charge you, right? Probably, yeah. Oh yeah. If you you lift them and then eat them too, my fat ass needs to go on a diet. That's actually the first time hearing of that. Anyone listening, and I did not know that. Um, But I, I I I will say that I, (laughs) I certainly ate the lion's share of candy in that hotel room. Um, Well, I've never, I've never seen it with. When Luke came in from his flight, he didn't get into like 1230 at night and he just comes in and is like, you know, when you get out of a flight, you have energy, you're like excited to be at the hotel finally and all that kind of stuff. He's just going around the room and like, I just hear like, like bag rip open. And I'm like, I thought you ate like kale and like, you know, the inside of bamboo shoots, but like, you're like sitting there crushing M&Ms and Oreos. And <laughs> okay. Let's, let's stop yeah. talking about my MMN bloody uh, crush. And let's get on to the, the news that the listeners want to hear about. Um, Corey, what yeah. is on your mind this week about? All right. So let's, yeah, first of all, let's, I mean, let's not beat the, beat this to death. Uh, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that Elon Musk, just flat out bought Twitter um, and Twitter caved. So uh, I think he put them in a position where they couldn't, there was nothing they could do. They had to, they had to, it was either one of my business partners said he was like, they either lose their jobs and make a lot of money by letting him buy the company or they lose their jobs and lose a lot of money because if they rejected it, eventually in six months, 12 years, 12 months, you know, couple years they'd lose their jobs again and the whole company would fall apart um so what did you guys think yeah it's just not him fulfilling his fiduciary duty or it would be twitter not fulfilling their fiduciary duty if if they said no so he made the offer that they couldn't refuse and he basically like called them out saying really hmm you really don't care about profits so uh it's gonna change and i'm really skeptical of how this is all going to play out so I don't think Elon's like really a white knight, but I think what he's going to put into Twitter is going to be for better and not for worse, but you know, just keep an eye out on things. I do feel better. That it's him running the shit instead of the uh, old Davos guard that was behind it. So yeah. And making it open source 
it was good. But go ahead, Luke. No, I just want to build on exactly what Phil said. That's my exact position. I think Twitter in the short term is probably maybe in a better position than it was, but I'm very, very, very cautiously uh, watching what Elon does because I, I, I don't know, I just think it's awfully coincidental that he's out there creating obviously the Neuralink project that he's working on, which is uh, computer chips being put in uh, the brains of humans. That's what he wants. And I just think it's awfully coincidental that he also got into a a dispute or a fight with Bill Gates um, on Twitter this week. So he was calling out Bill Gates and obviously all the conspiratorial, you know, minded people, they talk about Bill Gates trying to put microchips um, into people, into people's hands. He has patents for all sorts of programs relating to that. I would encourage the listener to go and look at patent number 2020-666-666 owned and bought by Microsoft. <laughs> but that's a whole other tangent and rabbit hole. My my whole thoughts on Elon buying Twitter is I'm cautiously optimistic, but I am watching him very closely. I don't want to... Um, it certainly could be some sort of setup to make him look like the the good guy saving democracy when in reality he implements IDs and authentic what what else was he talking about? Authenticating people's IDs to Authent- do wait, authenticate all humans and no one knows what that means. Yeah, Maybe it's another vague. twist on like the business model. Like if if you want to be like verified, people pay like five dollars a month or like 20 bucks a year or something because Twitter tried to roll out like premium features. Maybe he must just thought that was a terrible idea. And like, he's an entrepreneur as it is, but again, like nobody really knows what this is going to look like. So yeah, yeah, just be cautious and be aware. It's just going to be, it's got to stay. Um, the authenticating humans is good. If it remains non KYC, you know, um, and like Michael Saylor's idea of the, you know, basically posting in escrow $10 worth of, you know, sats. I think that that is just such an easy, simple solution. Um, do I think that that's the one that Elon's going to do? Probably not. Um, but yeah, before, you know, I don't want to simp for him because people were certainly simping for him. And I mean, I've posted about it like probably like 15 times this week. Um but I, it, it, it's just fascinating. It is fascinating that he just flat out bought the company. Like that's, a, that's outside of whether he's going to do good or bad for it. It is just a fascinating uh, development and story. Um, so, you know, but also, you know, one of the things that he's going to be closer to Jack Dorsey. And I think maybe Jack Dorsey helps orange pill him. We don't need we don't need Elon to to get or understand or want or love Bitcoin. We don't. Um, could he help? Yeah, like I think he could help on the environmental um, you know discussion. Uh, but it, Bitcoin doesn't need him, so I think that's interesting. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the next news item, which is uh, just to add there real quick. I think yeah, everyone in Bitcoin and just maybe in general, people that might have hearts can see how altruistic Dorsey is. And I think this is, you know, partially an altruistic move on Elon and Elon doesn't need to get Bitcoin 100 percent. But if he's if he's working closely with Dorsey, they're billionaires. Right. And so. They actually, at least Dorsey comes off to me as him understanding the power and responsibility he has. And I think he actually wants to do good. And I think 
Elon might kind of follow in those footsteps. And just going back to last year when they had like the Bitcoin like video seminar when it was them two and Kathy Wood was also there for whatever reason. It was just I, I think that might have been like the origins of them maybe talking about what is happening right now. And maybe that was just, yeah, the, the, the beginning of that. So for lack of better words, I think this is them working together, trying to make a difference in, in a positive direction as far as like people online and the internet goes and privacy and free speech, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, just to like a quick point is that, you know, everybody's like, Oh, Elon's doing it for different nefarious reasons, but it's like, I really do think at the core he does want what's best for humanity. Cause like he's spending so much money trying to go to Mars, you know? And like, like that's such a big focus of his and like, there's not really a, like a business, there's not really a business play that will play out in his lifetime. You know what I mean? Of like going to Mars, like that's not like becoming interplanet, planetary, you know, species um, that's really building beyond, beyond his life and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't, I think there is a, you know, chance, but I mean, he's also, you know, you know, uh, I think got the tap on the shoulder uh, last year about uh, Dogecoin or about Bitcoin and, you know, which made him turn into the Doge machine and all that. And, you know, there's interesting ties to watch with him in China, um, you know, business ties in China, Tesla's tied up in China, um, you know, so what happens whenever people start talking about the Uyghurs uh, on Twitter, like, yeah. tap them on the shoulder. So, yeah, interesting. But uh, okay, so the other news we have, uh, next item was that Central African Republic uh, has declared Bitcoin legal tender. Um, so that's the second country. Uh, I saw somebody post that meme of like the one guy dancing like, in, like a fool and everybody's laughing at him at like some music festival and he dances by himself for like 30 seconds and then like, then somebody else joins. And then like someone else and someone else. And then it becomes like everybody's dancing and having a great time. Uh, and I, I saw somebody post that and said, this is basically, you know, uh, Central Africa coming in and joining El Salvador and how quickly are other places going to uh, come along. And I, I think it might be a listener, but this guy um, that uh, he DM me today, and I think he's from Peru. He said, he said, interesting, but the second largest uh, news organization in Peru just asked me for 2,000 words on Bitcoin. So, uh, interesting. Mm. Uh, I think, I think the, the, that there's uh, some rumblings and, and more things are going to happen. But what do you guys think about the legal tender? Do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised it took this long, frankly, to get another one. Um, so what do, you, what do you guys think uh, is going to happen here? Just be skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think this is even, honestly, I think it's even smaller news than El Salvador. And I'm, I'm, one, I'm probably one of the more bullish people on Bitcoin Twitter. So me saying that, I suppose, has a little bit of weight behind the actual size of the announcement. It's pretty small. Like these are one, this is one of the smallest countries in the world. I think it's like in the bottom 10, if you look at mm-hmm. it in GDP, out of like, what, 150 countries. I think 13% of the population has access to electricity. So there's not a whole lot of smartphones down there. Um, yeah. I think the one interesting angle of it for me is 
that the Central African Republic used a currency called the Central African Franc, and that's obviously controlled by uh, France, which is something I've been meaning to look into a lot more. But there's uh, another six or seven countries in Africa that also use the Central African Franc. So you've got Cameroon, Chad, I don't even know how to pronounce that, uh, Gabon, the Republic of Congo, and then obviously the Central African Republic. So them adopting Bitcoin as legal tender could be a way to get out of um, kind of having European money control and pillage uh, their economies and the economies mm-hmm. of Africa overall. So I think that's interesting. That's a that's a good point. But also remember, uh, so why did El Salvador do it? Yes, probably to get around being dollarized. But at the end of the day, it was a country with terrible crime and they wanted to clean it up and what better way to do that than to attract capital and rich bitcoiners and so this these small countries are already being scoured and pillaged by just you know g7 countries and i i just think this is a strategy for them to attract real capital and have real innovation infrastructure and just more entrepreneurship happen from these rich people that already have money and have Bitcoin. So I think they're trying to just rebuild without having to take IMF loans or maybe Chinese loans. Cause we know that China is basically replacing the IMF at this point. And so I think maybe this is just another strategy to do it, but in, in their own way. And we already see as all get to, the euro dollar is taking a, 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 a mad beating and the not the euro dollar, the euro and dollars are being drained out of the world economy. And so that means investment is leaving these countries. And so I think this might just be a strategy for these small countries to bring back that investment by saying, oh, we're more Bitcoin friendly, like no tax on capital gains or whatever. And again, I think it's just a strategy for these countries to actually be sovereign as the un charter said under international law that every nation is a sovereign nation and now when you have this you know uh not new world order uh rules-based order that is pushed out by the west then it just kind of 86s that idea of international law and that nations are sovereign so i think this is just trying these are just small countries trying to build back better in their own way and rebuild their economies healthily from a grassroots approach with Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, like what the Luke say, it's like top 10 smallest countries. So I think as far as countries go, it's, you know, not the biggest announcement, um, but I think it's just a, you know, a growing trend. We're going to see people um, try to, to build themselves up. Um, which is kind of like, you know, what people do on an individual level. Like when we talk about how plebs, you know, do this with, with Bitcoin, like getting out of, you know, any kind of commercial debt and just building yourself into a better life. Yeah. Um, and, and especially if dollars are being drained out of the world economy, that means that their dollar denominated debt is higher as well. So, yep. yeah. So um, I think it's bullish. Do you guys think there'll be another country this year in 2022 that comes out and declares it maybe 
Yeah. I think I think dominoes are falling. I, I'm still a <laughs> yeah, I think this is more interesting for prediction based, actually. We should include this in our little bet as opposed to uh price predictions. I like the uh <laughs> nation state predictions. I think that's because uh, I think everything's heating up geopolitically. Um I still have the opinion that you're gonna see more kind of quote unquote friendly rules and regulations, like just little moves like, yeah, tax-free Bitcoin over here, or yeah, you know, come and pay for your taxes in in our city um, over here. I think you're going to see a lot more of that than you will legal tender. But I, I expect now that you've seen the second, you're probably going to see more and more. Um, and I, what do you think? What do you guys think? Do you guys think we're going to see more legal tenders this year? Maybe not legal tenders, but when Russia was saying, oh, we're going to legalize Bitcoin mining, just little things like that, like you mentioned, Luke, just kind of slowly dipping their toes into it and warming up to it because maybe these nation states and countries have understood how powerful of a weapon this is, but they don't want to let the cat out of the bag so publicly because then that would just put maybe a larger target on their heads because they're trying to play nice and perhaps get that IMF loan and Again, it's, it's just about trying to be as as stealthy and, and maybe even clandestine with this as possible to not even become a, a bigger target of just being being take, taken advantage of at the world economy and, and the IMF, the, the loan shark of the world as possible. So it's, it's stealth mode for everyone. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it makes sense for people to it makes sense for them to wait and slowly, you know, do it before anyone knows they're doing it. You know, um, mm. like, you know, if the, if the U S were to ever make it legal tender and they wanted to add a bunch of it to its balance sheet, um, do you think that they would <laughs> announce that ahead of time <laughs> or would no, they slowly, slowly accumulate um, over, uh, over a period of time? So, um, yeah, and it's just the same question. Do you think that Jerome Powell would speak for every person on the FOMC board that, hey, we're actually going to do 50 basis points every meeting? And do you think that he would announce that since June of last year, almost an entire year since June of last year, that he has been trying to pull out dollars out of the world? Like, No. It's the U.S. versus the Euro, and he's not going to come out like Dick swinging, saying this is what my plot is, because one, it sounds crazy, and people empowered aren't going to believe it, which is great. So he's going to use that to his advantage and just do whatever he needs to in the shadows. And it's not just him; it's Wall Street and people that put him in that position in the first place. But they're not going to reveal and say the quiet parts out loud. That's our job. Mm. I, I do. You, do you think the two, that is it is our job? I like that. Um, do you think because there's a lot of macro bros who shy away from kind of connecting economics and politics, um, but I think we really enjoy connecting those. Really, really they're joined at the they're joined at the hip, like it's it, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm. I was just going to say as well. Do you think the Central African Republic trying to get out of 
using the uh, the Africa, the Central African franc or whatever they call it, is because the euro is currently going through an absolute crisis because <laughs> the Fed and the US <laughs> is attacking them. Yeah, that could be one reason, definitely. Because, and like I mentioned, I'm, like we're seeing, we're seeing uh, the euro tank and dollars being removed out of everywhere else in the world, and so people need to bring that back because money flows to where it gets treated best. And in Bitcoin's case and the dollar's case, you're going to have jurisdictional arbitrage and where our businesses and entrepreneurs going to be treated best. And hey, by the way, if they're friendly towards Bitcoin, does it not make sense for people to move there? Just like a bunch of Bitcoiners are like, oh my God, I want to move to El Salvador. It's paradise. I mean, yeah, nothing against it. Nothing against El Salvador, but I remember whenever they announced it, and I was sending my wife like pictures, of, like links to properties that we could buy down there. And I was like, "Look at how great this is!" And she was like, "You know, like I mean, yeah, it's it's great, but like, yeah, yeah, we can afford it, like because it's in a third world country." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so it's there's you know, and I mean, I know it's safe there. I'm not bagging on it. I, I'm just saying. You know, it's like everybody like hurry. You got to be careful. I think my reason for bringing that up is you have to be careful for honeypots, you know, Um, Mm, where like they just say like kind of like, you know, the honeypot that could be with Twitter and Elon, you know, where it's like, hey, everybody come back here. It's all safe. Um, You know, just, uh, you know, give me your Bitcoin address and uh, and then you'll be verified and you'll be good to go. Um, And then they KYC everything you do and um put a chip in your head and, you know, monitor you. So, um, stay vigilant. Uh, yeah. Stay vigilant. As they say, stay um, frosty. Yes. Stay frosty. Um, yeah, so, I just, I, I obviously, I'll probably look into this more for our next week's episode. I don't know exactly what determines the value of the central, what do they call it? What do they, what do they call it? The central Franc of Africa, but 50% of its reserves is controlled by the French treasury. So France Mm. essentially controls it and France is tied to the Euro and we're watching. That's kind of the big story of the past two weeks is Jerome Powell is raising interest rates aggressively and it's absolutely wreaking havoc on especially the European banking system and their currency. So, yeah, I think, I think we're looking at a, the, the euro measured against the dollar. Um, yes, we're looking at fiats measured against each other. We understand that all fiats are going to zero and they're all falling. But I think the there's, a, there's currencies out there that are falling a lot faster than the US dollar. And we've just watched the euro break a 40-year trend line, yep. um, which is pretty significant. Pretty significant because, again, it's about that SOFR and LIBOR split. And if you want to learn more about that, then you can listen to the episode that Luke and I did entitled Why Elon Musk is Wrong. But I think this whole uh, French, franc, whatever that Africa is using, it might be, again, if it's 50% controlled by the euro or whatever it might be, I think it might be a similar design scheme that uh, LIBOR was, uh, was tied to, which was basically just bankers european bankers arbitrarily deciding what that rate is going to be and also we need to speaking of france their election was basically stolen because the majority of people were going to vote for le pen who was not macron and le pen is you know 
far furthest away from what we would call alt-right but of course the global mainstream media was trying to target her as an alt-right person because she was just going against the elitist the atlanticist davos the status quo she had rumblings of yeah let's get away from the euro and have our own currency and just basically pointing like a phrase yeah exactly a frexit and just pointing all the work horsepower back into to nationalism economic nationalism now again again she's not like right in politically right in that sense but in a way she is but she's not like I, i think she might be just a little bit to the right of bernie sanders maybe but again this is just this is people and there's a fabulous video of of people like in a a voting gymnasium whatever where they were being filmed and they were looking at the results and this chick in her late 20s or early 30s was pissed off and people were upset and this is just kind of like a picture of organically these people at a grassroots level are upset and they're fed up with what these people think is going to be in their best interest because that their best interest is not at the elites elites uh, front of mind and so I, I think that's also been happening in these countries in africa where they are yes suffering economically but they're also suffering socially and culturally and the best way to separate that is the separation of money and state so maybe that's why they're looking towards bitcoin but also i think it is just to a- attract more capital as well and what better way to do that than rich bitcoiners could not agree more yep um well uh let's uh do you guys want to get into the euro and all of that extraction and yeah and did luke cover over? his story yeah so we kind of um kind of related to the euro um well here before week, we get into the euro let's yeah the, yeah yeah so we basically have we not so I, I got more to expand on this a little bit. So basically, this all kind of comes back to, oh, let me see here. And while you're looking that up, let me mention our sponsor. And it's funny because there's a secret topic that I haven't even mentioned to you guys that uh, actually the sponsor will then come up again. Um, but the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, grab yourself one and get your keys off of the exchanges, everybody. Uh, I will talk about that in a minute. but. Um, but yeah, get your keys off the exchanges and use a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple and use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple in all caps. And you will get yourself a nice, as Luke says, sexy, uh, very attractive, hot looking, um, you know, voluptuous uh, <laughs> hardware wallet. And, sleek, sleek and sexy. Yeah, that's uh, sleek and voluptuous. I don't think go together. I think they contradict <laughs> they're going to have Luke on the on like the like on their website, like pointing and being like slick, sleek, and sexy. Like you get in, <laughs> um, but yeah, seriously, grab yourself SSS. one, get five percent off with the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple, and we love the the Bitbox because it is a uh, very user friendly and smooth brain friendly. Smooth brain friendly. Right. So <laughs> take it away there. Yeah. So let's again talk about the euro and euro dollars or offshore dollars and the dollar so as we mentioned on this show 
since the FOMC meeting of June of 2021. We have seen a sucking out of dollars in the global economy because Powell raised the reverse repo rates by five bips. Now we're, I think, looking at like 30 bips in total. And so basically it's incentivizing people to take their excess cash and move it and park it over to gain interest at an account at the Fed. Now we are seeing a raise in the Fed funds rate itself. And if we look at the euro and Luke, I believe is looking up the USD to euro pair right now, it is tanking. And Luke, also, if you want to just go, uh, if you have Telegram on desktop, you can go see the chart that I grabbed from uh, Tom, but basically, that's the, the euro has has basically tanks crashed because <laughs> Europe is trying to destroy its economy. And let's let's look at Russia. So Russia's economy is actually stabilized, and it's the strongest it's been since the not only the conflict of Ukraine has been recovering, but in the past two years. The ruble itself is 74 to the dollar. And I think a week ago it was 77. So it keeps inching its way into strengthening. And why is this? Well, earlier this year, and I think, uh, sorry, earlier this week, and I think maybe last week as well, we see these European countries capitulating and selling their euros for rubles to buy oil because they need energy. And some of them aren't going along with this whole great reset idea. They don't completely want to starve out their economies. And so that's one effect of why you're seeing the Euro tank as it is. And let's fast forward to my predictions for next week, May 4th, May the 4th be with Jerome Powell on May 4th on Wednesday is the next FLMC meeting where I predict another 50 basis point raise in the Fed funds rate to just exert another hit on the euro and the world economy. Because again, the Fed is in survival mode. They don't give a shit about wrecking markets. We have seen some tremblings in the markets as of this this week. And I think there's some psychological warfare because people think that the... uh, Again, it's like, what is the Fed going to do and what are they not going to do? And this might be contrary, but I feel like the the markets might rally after the announcement of another raise in the Fed funds rate by 50 basis points. And I say this because it shows it will show that the Fed is not bluffing. They're not messing around. They're serious because they're in survival mode of protecting the dollar and protecting the United States credibility. Whereas if they were doing all the stimulus and printing more money, that would be destroyed. And so what they're trying to do is just increase the trust and value of treasuries and just make the dollar as strong as possible. So this move of them not bluffing and showing that they are serious about protecting the dollar, I think... Because what we've seen in the drop of the euro is capital flight. Where is that capital going to go? Like I mentioned, where money is treated best. And so you might see all this investment or this capital of what were euros were now traded for dollars. And it's going to be 
sent right back to the U.S. markets. Maybe not all commodities. That would be kind of stupid because there's a bunch of junk out there that are reliant on that cheap money. So that's why I think all this European investment or this capital flight from Europe, dropping the price of the euro and fleeing into dollars, people's money reserves, their cash, and you said, go where it's going to be best treated and get the best return. So it's going to go back into the United States and people are going to think that it's, oh, well, the Fed's actually going to bail out these people because interest, no, no, it's going to be Europeans or everyone else in the world looking and dying for yield and protection of their time because that's what money is. It is a tokenized version of energy and people's invested time and blood, sweat, and tears. So as Europe basically castrates themselves economically, you need to find a place where you can hedge yourself. And what better place than the United States if they're actually being trying to let people know that they want to be taken seriously and restore their credibility and strengthen their currency, which is still the world reserve currency. And so that's my prediction. That's what I see happening. And we'll just wait and see. And this all goes back to Bitcoin. And I was just looking yesterday, but as markets closed, everything was down except oil and gold, but the Dow, the S&P was down. And you saw Bitcoin kind of sloop up and make this beautiful recovery from, you know, as low as 38 something and making that nice, nice, uh, you know, hump back into the uh, 39s, almost inching 40. And I think I'm waiting, just, I'm waiting yeah. for the day, the decoupling, the decoupling event yeah, is going to melt faces. Exactly. Bitcoin is essentially a digital commodity. It's similar to gold. It's it's going to decouple and no longer be seen as a risk on asset because it's an entirely different thing. And I think this capital flight out of Europe and the rest of the world realizes that as well. And so let's let's just, let's explain that for a minute, Phil, for anyone listening. Yeah. And they, they're new. So when we're talking about capital flight me, out of Europe and into <laughs> the U, what's that? I said, and for me, maybe I get it. But yeah. I missed, I missed it. Okay, um, like when we're talking about capital flight and explaining where money goes, money is leaving Europe and it's going into the United States because the United States is still seen as the best place to keep capital. You don't want to keep money in China. And this until now, the second best has been the European Union. So I think 60% of uh, foreign reserves around the world are held in US dollars and 20% are held in euros. And the next best is tiny, like 5 or 6%. So the two main currencies is the US dollar and Europe. So what we're, what, what we're looking at on screen at the moment is the Dixie. So this is the US dollar index. And it's measured against a basket of other fiat currencies. But in that index, the euro makes up like 50% of the basket. So the dollar you can see on screen is at like a 20-year high. It hasn't been this high since 2002, just after the dot-com bubble burst. So that means the US dollar measured against a bunch of other shitty fiat currencies is losing a shit ton of value. So that's what we mean when we're talking about capital flight. 
And just something really interesting, Phil, look at how parabolic. So while you were talking before, I brought up um, on screen what actually happened in June 16th of 2021. So I've kind of marked that by a white vertical line here. So that's when Powell came out and said, you know what? Fuck Europe. We're going to raise the interest rates on the reverse repo window from zero to five uh, basis points. And since then, the dollar has rallied aggressively. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I think if Powell, I agree with you. I think if Powell raises um, 50 basis points, the markets price that in. I think equities will actually rally or they'll just chop sideways. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens because the dollar has rallied so aggressively. Like that's a bull, that's a parabola. Like the chart of the dollar over the past six to 12 months is a parabola. I I'm very interested to see what power does at this FOMC meeting, because if he, he says, you know what, let's raise it by 75 basis points. I would be like, holy shit. Yes. This is economic warfare by the fed against the Euro, but just considering how aggressively the dollar has strengthened recently, I wouldn't be surprised if he just does a 25 basis point or a 50 basis point and kind of talks it down a little bit because capital is already flowing into the US aggressively. Uh, that's just just my thoughts on it. Yeah, because Europe is still willing to print more money because, yes. I mean, that is that is their goal to destroy their economy, but they need to destroy the American economy first. And the U.S. was able to untether themselves from what Europe does by printing more euro dollars and by manipulating LIBOR rates by getting on SOFR. So they have divorced themselves from European manipulation of Federal Reserve monetary policy. And now that they're on a market-based rate between banks and their overnight rates and because they have, they still have the tool of the world reserve currency and are still able to use all these tools to tighten. And you see them do those things and people are realizing that they are actually serious and are restoring credibility where people can trust that they can store their value in treasuries, us treasuries. I mean, this is just kind of, again, economics is just people making the most rational decision that is going to be in their best interest. That's, that's where we kind of ask the question in our long form interview, is this time different? Can the fed raise rates this time for the first time in 50 years and actually not blow up the U S economy and the U S banking system. So if you guys listening in want a full breakdown of the difference between LIBOR and SOFA and why that change that switch over from using the LIBOR interest rate to using the SOFA interest rate in January, 2022, only three months ago was such a significant event. You can uh, tune in and listen to Phil and I's uh, long form podcast on that. Um, but this kind of ties into uh, what I wanted to have a look well, at I as mean, well. This I just wanted to say, I mean, basically the U.S., it sounds like, is putting Europe's, anyone on the Euro, putting their, their feet to the fire and just um, saying we don't care what it, what ha- we don't care if this is going to destroy you guys. Um, yeah. Is that basically what's happening? Yeah. It, from a U.S. perspective, it's, that is a good thing. Like you want your U.S. dollar to be stronger, I guess. Um, you know, but yeah. uh, it, it's just going to be interesting. I think 
before Luke, you can go, but uh, I, I just, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking about all this. I'm like, you know, everybody goes, oh, it's going to be World War III. I think that maybe in the history books, they'll call this the currency wars. I think that's what yep. it'll be. The currency exactly wars. what it is. Or they but, probably won't talk about it at all. Who knows? No, yeah, they'll completely ignore it because it'll talk about money and lets people know that it's a lie. Or Bitcoin will be the standard of the world and uh, everybody will be going to their Nakamoto Institute and uh, learning about it. <laughs> but uh, Luke, go ahead. What were you going to transition into before I clunkily interrupted you? Um, I, I was going to double click on something. Phil, Phil raised lots of really good points uh, earlier. I was going to also bring up a chart of the USD and the ruble because I think it's one of the most <laughs> ridiculous looking charts in human history. I think that's awesome. I just think that's, um, I was looking at that yesterday at the office and I was just laughing out loud. It's, it's a pretty wild chart. You can see the, uh, what changed. So this is the US dollar measured against the Russian ruble. And obviously everybody thought the ruble was going to the toilet, myself included. And then Putin pulled a rabbit out of the hat by backing the ruble with gold and making, this is the big one, and making European countries um, pay for oil in rubles, gold and Bitcoin. And this week, actually, something caught my attention. So there's been 10 European companies and countries that have opened up accounts at Gazprom Bank. So that's Mm -hmm. the Russian bank that Putin um, wants these European countries to set up accounts with so that uh, they can't be sanctioned because it's under Putin's control. Um, and two countries haven't set up accounts and have they had and they've actually subsequently um, had gas and oil uh, cut off from them. So that's Poland and Bulgaria. So just from this article here, supplies to Poland and Bulgaria were cut off after they refused Gazprom's proposed mechanism for ruble payments. So they're saying no. Um, And I think that's interesting because if you have a look at the Polish currency, it is absolutely going to shit. So again, I'm going to look at it measured against the US dollar because that is the global reserve currency. And the uh, PLN, they call that the Polish Zloty. Maybe it's just Lottie. Maybe it's a silent Z, but you can see it's breaking above like a, what's that? Like a 20-year trend line, that horizontal line I've got on chart. So I think that's significant. I think that's very interesting. Um, I've, I've been leveraged long the USD Polish Lottie for a couple of months now. So that's <laughs> cool. Can't complain because it's blowing up. That's a massive move. Um, so there's a little bit of news highlighted by the charts. Uh, yeah. And, and just to make a point, what that is, is these, these countries that are very loyal to the European union, that is them virtue signaling. That is them saying, we don't care about our people. They can die. Cause that's, you know, part of our plan anyway. So we're just going to just go along with what the EU wants to do. And we're going to virtue signal and, and point all economic chaos and blame it on Russia. I mean, everything yep. is Russia's fault at this point. Yeah. You know, it was like, price hike. Man, the garbage man was late today. And he just, when he rolled up, he was like, oh, Putin, man. I mean, you know, I tried to get here on time, but, uh, you know, Putin was just in the way. <laughs> um, People are just brainwashed, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up to you guys um, is, and again, this kind of sounds like it's a plug for the Bitbox, 
but uh, seriously use, I said this on Twitter, you know, use any hardware wallet you can. Um, I prefer the Bitbox because it's actually really easy um, and you get a discount. But uh, if you, have you guys noticed the chatter about the exchanges and insolvency lately? Like, I yeah. feel like that's picked up significantly in the last two weeks. You yeah, know, I think our we all, boy Tarantula Hoddle apparently yep. was approached by a few exchanges saying that, hey, you want to be one of our market makers and provide liquidity so we can stay in business? What? Yeah, you didn't see that, Luke. I I saw um, screenshots of a chat where somebody tried to get 8.4 Bitcoin uh, sent to them. Like a, I think it was BlockFi. And they were waiting for days and days and days. And they still weeks. haven't received the 8 Bitcoin. I think it's been weeks. Yeah, that's not because block times are slow. Weeks. They don't have your money. They don't have your money. I didn't see the hodl tarantula. He got approached. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was approached. Uh, yeah. to he offer didn't name with, names, but no, nah, I think he's under an NDA with that one because he's the one that shared that 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 text combo because he said I'm not under an NDA with this one. But like, you know, I just feel like that goes. I feel like that's so underreported, and like, you know, he like sends that out there, and like, it's like the same group of us that's like, hey, this is a big deal. Everybody, get your keys off of the exchanges. Cause it's fake Bitcoin. It's paper Bitcoin, um, which on like that honestly might be what's suppressing the price. Don't you think like paper Bitcoin? Think it, yeah. You think the paper, do you think them hope not really holding that level of uh, the liquidity of Bitcoin on the exchange? Do you think that that is because they're trying to grow their company or they're trying to suppress Bitcoin yeah, look, exchanges exchanges are playing the fiat game, just like the paper gold market and the COMEX. It's all based on futures. It's all just based on paper and and fiat gains because they don't need to worry about like delivering the actual gold. People are just using mm-hmm. it probably, especially now because gold keeps kind of going up. People are just walking away with paper fiat gains. And so the same thing applies to, to Bitcoin and this goes into it being able to uh, the price ma- manipulation of Bitcoin has increased with futures markets. And I think there's a reason why Gary Gensler has not approved a actual Bitcoin ETF for that very reason. And anyone that, that thinks Gary Gensler is on our side, by the way, it's uh, in denial. It's not the yeah. case. So yeah, that, that's all this is. It's just control the price. But Bitcoin is very special because there is a fixed supply. And you can actually take self-custody of it, unlike gold on an exchange. They can't digitally send you your gold to your front door. You can with Bitcoin, though. Except in BlockFi's case, they don't even have it. So have fun not getting your 8.4 or 5 Bitcoin and have fun staying poor. I mean, I, I was thinking about this, you know, like maybe that's one of the reasons why they pump the, you know, shitcoin casino so much. Because they are trying to get more cash to buy yeah. the Bitcoin to stay liquid. Like it's a, it's a game and it's kind of like a, like if you ever, you know, do one step forward, two steps back, you know, and you're just trying to keep your head above water, like 
that's a that is a game that just rapidly spins out of control and um you know if you're always robbing peter to pay paul then uh eventually they're both going to come to you and your pockets are going to be empty yeah Um, and i mean that's how you have every banking crisis right that's how you now i i don't know like exchanges actually exchange with each other like the banking system does but it's basically banks having obligations and making payroll and everything and they lend out to each other and then they have to go tits up and then they have to go get a uh, bailout from the Fed eventually. And so there's no Federal Reserve of, of Bitcoin. <laughs> it's just OG whales and market makers and uh, not even like whales. Like I don't think Hall Tarantula is like a whale by any means, but he's a miner. And this is what Marty Ben talks about, how how basically this is how Bitcoin replaces the Fed window because yeah. the Bitcoin miners become that fed window because they are the ones producing bitcoin and having to provide liquidity into the market and so hollow tarantula is just a microcosm of this example so it's hilarious when think about that like how many how many other miners are they reaching out to probably a lot i don't know yeah and it's just it's uh it's i don't know it's crazy because you know, we, everybody talks about the run on the banks and it's going to be like the, you know, um, it's a wonderful life scene, you know, whenever everybody is running to, to the banks to, uh, to, by the way, you can watch that on movies plus, um, uh, (laughs) at Christmas time, you can, at least, I can't remember if we keep it up all year, but anyways, um, the, uh, the, you know, the, everybody thinks it's going to be, you're going to be running to your PNC bank or your chase bank. I think the run is going to happen on exchanges and Mm -hmm. it's just going to, it's going to explode the price. Like, can you imagine the day yep. that the exchanges with stop you from being able to withdraw your Bitcoin? Like what is going to happen that day? That price is going to go through the roof. Yep. Helping for that. I'm, I'm, I'm helping for the, uh, the ignoramuses that just keep on exchange and in a way that kind of helps us hobblers. But anyway, Luke, what's on your mind before you go? Because we want to, yeah, yeah, we have yeah. we have been going for a little while here. I think we've just about touched on most of the news. I, I just think, yeah, I 100% agree with everything you guys have said. Here's that little chat that we we're talking about. Some dude has 8.18 Bitcoin waiting to be delivered from BlockFi, and I saw this tweet here. This is very interesting. Two hundred thousand Bitcoin has been withdrawn off exchanges since New Year's alone. So that's uh, um, as Hodlinaut says here. That's 1700 bitcoin a day being withdrawn off exchanges and there's only 900 bitcoin produced every day by the miners so coins are flowing i think the bank runs already begun yeah I, th- I was saying on twitter that i think you know there's a lot of smoke where there's this fire that's brewing and like and you know somebody said like when do you think this is going to catch up to them and like i don't think i don't think it's in their control because i think a lot of us you know, a lot of you guys listening and, and us here, we all get it. And we've been <laughs> withdrawing to the off the exchange and into hard, cold storage for a while. So uh, yep. the outflows are, are what's causing this, this uh, fire to get a little bit hotter. Um, yes, sir. And with that said, that's why I'm placing my best that we will have a higher Bitcoin price. Once again, I'm going to take the bullish route on this side of the coin. So, Corey. And I won the bet game. last week. I said it was going to be lower, and I was right. And it um, was through this is my no, redemption through no genius or knowledge of my own. Um, 
I, uh, I, yeah. So I, I'm up what a hundred sats. Uh, so, we bet 10 sats. We bet oh, 10, 10 sats. Okay. But this time uh, I, will, I will double up and do you say it was one sats. Bitcoin. You said it was one Bitcoin was that last one. Um, a whole coin. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> let's do, yeah, we'll do, we'll do, uh, we'll do. Yeah. Let's just keep with the 10 sats uh, for now. So I'm up 10 sats. Uh, you think it's going to be higher than the price right now, which the price is what? 30. So I'm going to double up. Okay. You're going to go 20. Um, the price is 39, 39, six. Okay. 39.6. Um, I actually think it's going to be higher as well. So who, but I think it'll be like at 41. What do you think it'll be in? Uh, Forty-one five. Ooh, that's like a Price is Right level. Um, all right. Well, we'll see who is closer, and uh, and then that will be. Uh, it, I'll just keep winning, and and Phil will keep buying me cups of coffee in the future. Because mm-hmm. um, hey, I don't know if anybody answered the 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 uh, poll from last week, but I think the new poll should be who do you think is going to win. I think that should just be like the ongoing poll: who's going to win the. The Sats price bet, me or Corey. Real quick, so that um, so that Luke can run to his. But let's look at the results of the poll. I didn't. I forgot to look. Uh, how old is Phil? Fifty percent of the people said thirty to forty. Wow. Twenty-five <laughs> percent. How dare you? Twenty-five percent said less than thirty, and twenty-five percent said older than forty. <laughs> you. F- insulting fox correct you windy palms <laughs> fucking savages Luke, Absolutely you are savages. the correct you know i get people saying that because they think i'm smart that i'm older than yeah, i sound older go. than i am but i completely disagree with that because i think, think i sound like a moron so uh <laughs> he died well, that'd be um, silly he, you the twenty five percent that said that he is younger than thirty, they're correct, right? I don't know. Maybe that should be another poll. Yeah. Well, you Maybe know, based funny. on if, my reaction, if you were if you were over forty, you would be the type of person with being in the music and everything that like has jeans that like never get washed. Like I used to say, this, if you went to a concert, me and my wife worked at the concert venue hockey arena in the in the pittsburgh area years and years ago and you could if it was an older group and like it was like groovy type people that showed up you could smell their jeans from like 10 feet away you're like oh those things have not been washed in a while had a lot of cigarettes smoked around them and no that's not me i'm clean no no that uh yeah but uh but no you're you're not the the dirty old man i am uh so I couldn't even figure out how to get telegram on my computer because I'm an idiot. Um, All right, guys. Well, thanks again to the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet for sponsoring. And uh, please do go check out uh, movies. Plus you can see there's four Bitcoin docs on there now. So Mm -hmm. uh, also, I'm sorry. I I insulted 50% of our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, comes with the, we love you. We love you all. We love you all. And we'll see you all next week in our third edition of the Bitcoin News Made Simple on the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast Network. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.